My name is Josh and this is my story from the inside. Let's see. I've got a two-year-old daughter. I live by myself. I've been to jail. I was a DCP kid. I got bashed as a kid, teased as a kid, and I don't know my parents or my family. That's about it, yeah. Young people in our justice system were nine times as likely as the general population to have also been under the care of child protection. More than half of the children in out-of-home care and a staggering 73% of the kids sent to prison in WA are Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander. They're just 6% of the child population. If we offer interventions and support to struggling families early before they enter crisis, and listen to Aboriginal communities when they tell us what solutions and supports they need, we can ensure all Western Australians build strong, healthy families. Oh, I had a heart operation when I was like only a few weeks old. My mum has a disability so she didn't look after me that well. So like, I was grody all the time, I wasn't fed that well. My, grand, uh, my dad was bashing her and I think me. So, yeah, they left. She dropped me off and left, and my dad left when I was like two or something, or one. I met my mum once or twice, but no, nah, I don't have nothing to do with her. They gave custody to my grandparents. I was getting bashed by my granddad, no proof, but I lived it, so I know. Picked me up by a throat and just built into me against the wall. My grandma was pretty abusive too. She would smack me around with metal, wooden spoons, you name it. Yeah, I was getting into fights at school, always suspended. Yeah, that's basically about it. And then I ended up in DCP's care when I was 14. They didn't look after me either because I was a troubled kid, getting kicked out of like every single youth hostel you can think of, trying to fight youth workers and yeah, things like that there. And kids at school and that were teasing me just because like I didn't know how to go to the toilet basically it wasn't my fault I never got trained so I had to do it myself when I turned 18. I started drinking a lot I guess because my granddad was a beer drinker and he was always abusive and um, for me it's about forgetting things like um, the emotion that I've been through the physical pain and I don't know, just don't really feel anything when I'm drunk. I started getting into trouble when I was 18, so about, I think like 2011-ish, I had this kid who was like chasing me and threatening me for like five years and that, and then eventually it was just me and him, and I kind of, um, I told him I didn't want to do it, but um, um, he was coming towards me, so I punched him. Yeah, that's when I got my first assault charge. Nothing happened then, actually. Yeah, because it was on my first offence. They got me again for another assault. One of the officers there, he was quite abusive, saying that kids like me and that we're just like low lives. We've got nothing better to do with our lives than be criminals. Um, and then that's when I first started getting onto bail conditions and stuff like that. And I got community services a few times. I got locked up in Hakia on and off, some for a few days, some for a few weeks, a month was the longest, I think, or actually not two months was the longest. 
down for another assault on some old men on a bus. Not old, but like older than me. I f honestly, f I was getting angry because like I don't like to miss court back then, and I thought I was gonna miss court because the bus was coming late. I was swearing up bus driver going off, and this guy got involved, and I thought he was gonna come around to hit me, so I hit him first and ran off. Then the cops got me. I finally got done for another assault on my daughter's mum, unfortunately. And yeah, and then that's when they put me into Acacia Prison after a while for seven months. The first time was pretty hectic because like, I never thought I would actually use my anger and get me in trouble to go to jail. For me, um, I was a little bit worried. I was just going to keep to myself and not go near anyone, but um, unfortunately that doesn't happen. You can either get picked on and give them your spends or whatnot, or you could kind of snitch on them, which is what I did my first time because I didn't really know. I just wanted to move. Like, I didn't say names, but um, I told the security that I want to move to a different unit. That got me into big strife for doing that. So anyone's going in for the first time, do not snitch or whatsoever. Um, they gave me a one-off warning, the other criminals, um, and said, just look, even though we will fight and stuff, crims stick together and the guards, they don't really give a crap about you. If you get hurt, they won't care. So just, you know, keep it between us. We're just criminals to them. They don't really care. Circos, which are private funded, I think, or whatever, they just don't really care. We're just the criminals. They're the guards and we just keep to ourselves like sometimes it might get a little bit friendly but if you get too friendly then you're going to pay the consequences from the other side there's like this machine and you gotta like send an email or message off this machine and send them an email to like alcohol and drugs or alcohol anonymous or whatever you want to call them or and it takes like apparently up to six months until you get a message back you might not even still get like a message or they might just be like there's no room but you have to wait a very long time like maybe a year and you might be able to get into some sort of thing but then like if you go out for parole like and you haven't done that stuff you get declined like, I got declined on my first like parole like you'd think as a first time I would get parole yeah they, they declined it they didn't help me find a place to stay. I just chose the place where I knew I could have a permanent place, which was with my ex, but because I did my last assault charge on it, I couldn't go back there. And yeah, and they just like, no, nah, we can't give you parole. So I did my full seven months instead. Um, well, if you're in there for a decent amount of time, the day you get out is like the best day going. Like, like everyone's excited for you. You're excited when you walk out those doors. Like when you get out, it's alright for a while, but like you have to go to Centrelink if you want to get like any money after it. I got put straight onto job seekers, like they didn't give me like you know like six months to be like, well, Josh just got out of jail, he might be depressed or something. Um, I was just basically going back to drinking really, and then my ex like left me and stuff and took the kid, and then after that it just started going downhill like I got motivation to try and be a better person but I can't do it if I don't have the support or help I tried to do a TAFE course that didn't go so well I tried to do another one that didn't go so well 
and I don't know, I just started getting depressed a few months ago and it was just like at a stage where, well, I can't get a job because I got this kind of criminal record. Um, I can't get anything going or moving. Like I might have a permanent place, but jail, you have a, a place to stay permanently without no possibility of homelessness. You get food in there, even though it's not the best food. I was ready to go back to jail if whatever means necessary, even if I had to do a robbery because I just can't survive on Centrelink and I can't get a job and I just want a better life than what I had. Yeah, it just felt like it got to a stage where if I can't get help or rehabilitate for me to stay out, then I might as well go back. If not, run away or I don't know I guess I never would do it but maybe just kill myself because like it's not really worth living because you know you can't get anything going if you want to change like how's someone supposed to change and be a better person if there's no help how are they ever going to have a better life we're, we're just going to go back on the drugs we're just going to go back on the drinking we're just going to keep getting into trouble until there's going to be some proper help I, um, well, everyone wants money, I want money, so I can buy stuff like a new PlayStation, a TV, um, things like that, just so I can save money, so obviously a job, eventually I want to have like maybe a wife, who knows, probably a better house with a backyard, a car eventually, and just a better future. Because I've been in and out, I'm ready to change, I want a better life, or I've got a kid, it's time to change, or like things like that, and then you get out, and a year or a few months into it to being out, and you, you look at it, and it's like, well, I've been trying hard to get a job or support on getting a job, and it's just basically, look, you got a criminal record, who's gonna hire you, or and things like that, just getting your motivation down and just making you a little bit depressed and then you start maybe getting back on the drinks or the drugs and then you're back in jail. I'm not a bad kid, I've just had bad things happen to me and made a few bad choices. I believe that all bad people can change if they choose to. It's like basically you either get killed or you like, you know, you just stick up for yourself so you don't get killed. And that's where I was at a point for a while. So I just saw in my eyes that some people wanted to hurt me and I wanted to protect myself, whether it got me into trouble or not. Because I got a kid as well and I'm just too tired of fighting. I fought my whole life to stay alive. I fought my whole life to just stay safe. And because I've always been by myself, I'm just too tired. I just want a better future because my past was crap. That's the only thing that makes me happy is like when I'm trying to help other people out and doing talks and things like that. But besides that, in the personal life, it's just not that great. Like I'm kind of getting too tired and I just I just keep myself at home most of the time. I lock myself in my room because um, it's a three bedroom house. It's a bit too big for my liking. And yeah, I get to a stage because of what my granddad did to me and because of jail, I kind of sleep with my door locked. I have to check all my rooms. It's just uh, jail's probably more safer.
I, I feel sorry for myself in a way that those people who have did damage like my granddad and all those kids that teased me in school but at the same time I forgive them but 100% remorseful of what I did but at the same time I take full responsibilities for my own actions because it was a choice I could have chose to do it or not I found out she was pregnant before I went to jail and I wanted to change but I got locked up but then when I got out I wanted to change anyway because I kind of didn't like jail like I wanted to prove people wrong and just there's a lot of sort of a lot of people that believe in me and there's a lot of people that think I can use my story for like something good you just look at it and it's just like well the system must be pretty useless if they want to constantly talk about rehabilitation and yet there's nothing going some are starting to open up a little bit. I, I do go to church now because I kind of at a stage where I just believe in something. People just, I guess, don't understand. Like, they're just not going to understand unless you talk about it or unless they're just willing to listen. It's pretty boring in jail. It's not that great. It's boring as. I always grew up hating people in the whole entire world. Like I was, I, I wanted to like not really kill everyone, but I just hated everyone. Like I would, I would bash everyone if I could at the time because I was an angry kid and what happened to me. But it's just, yeah, some people don't understand and they just be like, well, you made those decisions. But if it comes down to it, it's because of what people have gone through, that has a big impact. Like you can't just turn into a murderer just because one day you woke up and decided how hey, I'm killing this person today it's because they might have like wicked mental health problems they might have had like they might have got bashed badly when they was a kid like you just never know like what a person's going through unless you're willing to understand and to give them that sympathy if they're not willing to also you know let people show that they can change or give them a second chance then no one's ever going to change in that aspect of criminals. If you, you want to do alcohol to get help, like alcohol on drugs or whatever, counselling, whatever they call it in there, and you have to wait for so long, like that's not cool at all. Like, how are people going to go up for parole or how are they going to do this and that and see that they're changing and they can't get into these support places or programs then how are they ever going to get out for people that might be there for a long time or like how are they how are they going to even stay out i'm not sure if future is a blind area um but i would like to at least be happy hopefully a job a car a second chance with the like the whole of Perth, the whole entire community showing them that I'm a good person. I definitely admit I'm not a perfect dad, like I'm pretty terrible. I need help around that area because I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm only 24. If I can help her, I want her, I want to save up money when I get a job. I want to save up money for when she's like 18 so she's at least got a head start if she doesn't have a job by that time. I just want her to know that like the world's not bad, like not everyone's like hate you and stuff like I'll try and show that I love her um, hopefully she can make it through school um, I'm not gonna get angry if she doesn't um, I just want her to like get a job when she's older and have a good life and be happy and not like not even go near jail 
We can reform our justice system and make it better for families, better for communities and fairer for all Western Australians. We can do this by investing in building healthy families and safe communities instead of new prisons. By supporting and investing in community design, justice reinvestment initiatives and sites. Like Olabodugudu in Halls Creek, rather than building new proposed juvenile detention centres. We need to end the imprisonment of vulnerable and disadvantaged persons who belong in the community, starting with our children. And we need to provide supports early to families who are struggling and kids who are in need before they end up in child protection or in the justice system. We want a bright future for all children. Social Reinvestment WA proposes evidence-based alternatives that are an effective and connected approach to justice. They make economic and social sense for Western Australia. I'm Sophie Stewart and I'm the coordinator of Social Reinvestment WA. And I believe that we deserve smart justice strategies that respond to the underlying social issues that cause crime and build healthy families and safe communities rather than reactionary policies which don't create sustainable change and build a better future for all of Western Australia. You can join us in taking action to mend our broken justice system in WA. Help us to end the imprisonment of vulnerable and disadvantaged groups. To start, you can subscribe to this podcast, Stories from the Inside, and help us spread our message. You can head to our website, socialreinvestmentwa.org.au, and sign our petition, join our movement, and share our videos and stories far and wide. Join us for an effective and connected approach to justice. Stories from the Inside is brought to you by Social Reinvestment WA, Coalition of Western Australia or Australian organisations trying to build a better justice system. It was produced on the lands of the Wajuk Noongar people. We pay respects to their people, past, present, future and emerging. The podcast is written and produced by Anthony Stewart and researched by Donna Self. Sophie Stewart is the executive producer, music by Ned Beakley and Equate Studios. For more information or to get involved in this campaign, head to www.socialreinvestmentwa.org.au.